0: live from the finley toyota espn las vegas studios he
1: doesn't have a tricky body he does he doesn't look like okay look at if if that guy's walking down the street you have no idea who he is
2: i don't know if you're saying yeah he's the best quarterback in the world
0: this is the press box
2: so our tricky body list is james harden and patrick Mahomes, and now patrick Mahomes runs kind of fun with grainy and bischoff yeah oh and uh beck trevelle beck's body is not tricky we know exactly oh. <laughs> what TurboFax body is. It is not tricky in any way. Not at all. That is a complete lie. Stop for trying to put back in that category.
0: On ESPN Las Vegas.
1: Oh, here we go. We're on a Monday. ESPN Las Vegas. Ed, Tyler, Danny. It's going to be a good show. Got a lot of great guests. It's freezing in here, by the way. Oh, of course it is. Oh, I, I don't. I don't get it. Hundred degrees outside usually in the morning, and I, you come in here, it's an ice box in this place.
2: Blame Blame Cofield or Ari, one of those two. Do they, they jack turn, this thing up? I'm pretty sure they turn the AC down as low as it goes in oh the afternoon God. because because otherwise they're in there sweating at night or in the afternoon. It's freezing.
1: How, how was your trip?
2: It was great. Phenomenal three days. Really. Oh, yeah. It was a great trip. You'll find out more about it in Bischoff's Briefs, because obviously I've got some things to complain about, because when don't I, but great (laughs) trip. All right. Can't wait. (laughs) The First Bite. Has this been Steph Curry's most impressive finals performance?
1: Uh, I'm not going to pretend to know every – point average he had for the other finals experience, but uh, the way he's playing right now and how better, he, how much he's playing uh, more so than his teammates and what he's scoring, wouldn't you say this is his most impressive individual performance? You probably know the numbers he's had in his other series, um, but this has been pretty damn impressive.
2: So this is his most impressive performance, and they've played four games. He could, I guess, absolutely suck in the last two or three and completely change the narrative on this, but this is the most impressive because of the lack of help Mm -hmm. that he is getting the golden state warriors have been a tremendous team with the exception of the last two years where they had some injuries but they won a title they got kevin durant like this has been an unbelievable team steph curry has never won finals mvp because there have been other guys that have had tremendous nba finals outside of steph curry but in this series he's averaging 34.3 points per game if you combined the next two leading scorers for golden state clay thompson and andrew wiggins they're averaging less points 33.8 than curry is in this series he is doing this like almost by himself to an extent and here's here's the fascinating part of it it's exactly what boston wants the reason that this series is played out like this is not because the warriors don't have other players that are capable of scoring but boston's defense is good enough and the way they've decided to play give curry the dribble the off the dribble threes on pick and rolls it has taken away everything else boston does the reason draymond green is uh, unplayable might get benched right can't score is because the boston celtics are playing the pick and roll without ever sending help side defense yeah. The drop coverage allows them to just play the pick and roll with two defenders. They do not have to send help side. Draymond Green's great at reading defenses. There's nothing to read. There's no help side defense. There's no rotation for Draymond Green to read. He's useless. And as a result, Andrew Wiggins, Jordan Poole, Klay Thompson, they're not getting very many good shots. The shots that Golden State are getting are the one Boston wants them to take. It's the pull-up three. Uh, Zach Lowe wrote about it this morning. In this series, Steph Curry has taken 11 catch-and-shoot threes. He's taken 40 pull-up off the dribble threes. If you're Boston, that's what you want. The only problem is he's making them. He's hit 50% of those pull-up threes, which is ridiculous. And, like, if I was Boston, I would look at that and say, I don't think he can keep doing that. But he's done it for four games, and if he keeps doing it, it's going to be the best performance Steph Curry has ever had in the NBA. Fifty
1: percent threes on almost thirteen attempts per game.
2: Yeah, it's ridiculous. That's amazing. So I, it has been incredible what Curry has done because Boston's defense has been excellent. Boston's defense is forcing them to, the the shot they are giving up is that Steph Curry pull up three often from you know five feet behind the line. And to be honest with you, in Game Four, it wasn't even like open all the time it's not like curry was just left alone they're contesting him right and he still is hitting these it's been an unbelievable performance from curry and i i'll tell you i don't think he can keep it up i think boston's gonna win this series because curry's not gonna hit 50 percent of his pull-up threes but if he does an incredible series incredible performance by Steph curry and the best we've seen him. If
1: he does, I'm giving you a hot take. He'll win finals MVP.
2: (laughs) Well, hell, he might (laughs) win it if they lose this series.
1: What if he did? That would be great. They lose in six finals MVP, Stephen Curry.
2: I mean, if he goes for 40-something in these last two games again, but they just happen to lose a close game, I it probably won't happen, but it should.
1: Other MVPs you have down here, Thompson, was were these the MVPs even Iguodala was a finals MVP? Durant, Green, and Thompson? Thompson, Green, and Durant?
2: Uh, Iguodala won at the first year and then uh, Durant won at the next two years okay. uh, that they won the title. And if you go back to the Iguodala one, I think, I think he's averaging like 11 points a game or something like that, but got a lot of defensive credit for Andre Iguodala. But yeah, it's that he has always been on a team where
1: someone else he's in had, the finals. Right,
2: he's so. had his, his big moments, obviously Steph Curry is one of the best players we've ever seen, but there's always been someone else that had moments and had plays. And so far for the Warriors, I mean, that doesn't really exist. Like, what can you even think? What's another moment? Jordan Poole hitting that half court right. shot at uh, the buzzer. A, was yeah. it
1: halftime or third quarter?
2: Whatever it was. Like, that's kind of been it. The rest of I mean, we're seriously like, there's a legitimate conversation about does Draymond Green need to be benched? Do they need to play Kavon Looney over Draymond Green? Because he's been pretty useless. Yeah, he's been useless.
1: Series.
2: And that Can't score. Right. That's that's bizarre to think that a guy who's been so important to what Golden State has been for the last, whatever, seven years, that, oh, yeah, they're going to bench him for Kavon Looney, and it right. all goes back to the way Boston's playing defense. Draymond Green's useless. They are not giving Draymond Green any opportunity to do what he does well, and because of that, Curry's got to do essentially everything on offense, and he's been terrific at it.
1: Celtics seem pretty positive 2-2 going back to San Francisco
2: so Jalen Brown gave this quote. You can take positives out of anything. Obviously I think we would be in a better position than we're in, but we're not. It's two-two still nothing to hang your head about a lot of great basketball in front of us. We take our mistakes and learn from them and apply it the best you can. I still think we're in a great spot. They've won two series in seven games to get here. And they have seemingly traded wins and losses throughout the playoffs. It seems like every Celtic series is, Oh, they're great. They're going to blow out this series. Oh no, they lost again. And, it seems like they keep doing that. And I don't know if I take that and think, oh, yeah, well, Boston's and they're fine because they've done this before. Or is this finally when it catches up to them? Like they had a chance at home to go up 3 1 and they didn't do it. And they had the this, lead. Right. It, they lost in the fourth quarter. Is okay. this when it catches up to them? Is Golden State able to win a home game, take a 3 2 lead, and essentially put the clamps on this series? I. Don't know because Boston's been so good. I think they're like eight and two after losses or mm-hmm. something in this postseason. They've been so good at coming back after losing that I'm like, all right, yeah, Jalen Brown's right. They are in a great spot. They're gonna be fine.
1: Yeah. I mean I given that given what we've seen from them in game seven losses, I'm still picking them now. I might have to <laughs> go hot take and pick seven instead of Uh-oh. six because Uh-oh. they're gonna because they're gonna win they're gonna lose excuse me, they'll win tonight and lose at home. That's right. Uh, and then they'll go to game seven. Who knows what happens in game seven? But I think the, I picked him in six. You picked him in seven, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think both of us could be right in this sense in terms of I won't be surprised if it happens either way. But I still think – I don't know why. I still think that defensively, athletically, I still think they'll come through and win the series. And, you know, Curry, you're right. Look, if he can do this, then tip your cap, give him the MVP, and move on. I mean, if he can do this yeah. for a couple oh. more games, then, then – you know, Boston's just gotta just gotta accept that that happened.
2: Yeah, I mean, if he if he continues to do what he did in Game Four, you're you're just not winning the series. I mean, right. it's just it's just not going to happen. the The other part of this, it feels like Steph Curry has put on an unbelievable performance to get tied 2 two. And from my perspective, at least Boston offensively, it feels like Boston's offense has hurt itself. And I it, not to completely discredit Golden State's defense cuz they were a good defensive team. I think they were top 2 in the regular season in points per possession. But it feels like Boston's offensive problems have been more self-inflicted. Jason Tatum cannot score inside the arc. He's shooting 28% on two-pointers. Josh Dubo tweeted out that that's uh, the lowest for anybody in the finals on two-pointers is 25.8% and he's at 27.5%. He's been awful and some of it's Golden State's defense, but also he's just missing shots inside the paint that he should they be making. That normally made. Right. And then the other part, and granted, we saw this against Miami. We saw this against Milwaukee. But Boston turns the ball over a lot. Mm-hmm. And the big issue is they've had, I think it's like 75% of their turnovers in this series have been live ball turnovers. And that's what gives Golden State transition. And that's been, honestly, a bigger problem than Curry hitting some of these threes is Golden State getting out in transition yeah. because they're scoring at a really high rate in transition, like if Boston could simply knock down a few more shots in the paint from their best player and stop having live ball turnovers, they're probably up three, one. And if they can do that in the last couple games, they, I think they win this series in six, if they're able to do that. But we've seen multiple series in a row now where turnovers are a problem for Boston. So I don't think that changes. I think we're going to see the same live ball turnovers that lead to golden state transition if, points.
1: if, Steph Curry becomes human again, but Tatum still shoots terrible inside the inside the arc, and Boston still win. Uh,
2: yes, um, they they need uh, offensively they need they need one of three things to happen. I think for them to to ultimately win this series, one Steph Curry just stop being unbelievable. Right, if right. they get that, right. their defense is going to suffocate Golden State. Or on the offensive end. They need Tatum to actually be great finishing or just not have the live ball turnovers. If they get, I think if they get one of those three things, they win this series. And that's why I, I think they ultimately win the series because likely one of those three things will happen, right? Tatum's not terrible. Tatum's not going to shoot 28% in the paint. And Curry, as great as he is, he can't be this good. So, like, I think one of those three things does happen. And when it does, I think that leads to Boston ultimately winning the series.
1: All right. I, I'll, I'll go with that in terms of... Uh... Tatum is, of all three, it sounds crazy because the guy's shooting 50% for three <laughs> on 12.5 attempts a game. I just can't see Tatum being this bad. I, I can't see it. I mean, if you told me Steph Curry continues to do that, I'd say I doubt it, but I guess it's you know possible he's the greatest shooter ever, so maybe he's just on a streak now where it's just going to happen and he's going to be this good. i would more apt uh, to side with the fact that I can't believe Tatum's going to be this bad the entire series.
2: Yeah, and, and the other weird part is Tatum's been great shooting the three. He's been terrific from three point range. Both I mean, both teams really have shot well from three. He's been great from three point range. He's just inside the arc. There's there's been zero finishing from Jason Tatum. So that's that's the part that you look ahead and, and say, Okay, that does that change over the last two to three games? And it probably will. And and the other the other part is Tatum doesn't have to shoot like 65% inside the arc. He just needs no, to shoot like 45% 40
1: 45%, 40 to 45%. Arc.
2: Right, which is completely doable, completely obtainable for Tatum and the Celtics. So I I think there are more paths to victory for the Celtics, I think the Warriors are living on a much finer margin, and that margin is Steph, Steph Curry being, going being crazy. Right, which, again, it might, it might happen. He, if he can do it two out of the last three games, they're they're going to win the title, and we're going to look back, and it's going to be one of the best performances in the finals we've right. seen. I mean, it's it's very it's very reminiscent of LeBron James, what he had to do in the finals all the time was, oh, LeBron James is here. He
1: had one year, right, with Kyrie against the against the Warriors? Yeah,
2: they had, he, he had and Kyrie beat year. the Warriors. Yeah, that was when they came from 3-1 down. Right. And both he and Kyrie were incredible Amazing. in that series. But like you go back to his first couple of seasons with the Cavs when he was in the finals, and it was like, oh. He just carried him. Zadrunas yeah. ogauskas is supposed yeah. to score 18 points or something. Like, that's, that's a lot of what this feels like, where we know we're watching one guy be great, but nobody else can get anything going to help them out all right coming up next we'll talk a little unlv basketball as name image and likeness is here
0: we're back to the press box morning show with ed graney and tyler bischoff so we have a little
2: nil conversation here we have seen it throughout college sports oscar sheboy's going back to kentucky going to make a bunch of money as one of the best players in college basketball, returning. Uh, Obviously, Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban yelled at each other quite a bit over NIL and whether or not people are cheating in SEC football. But story in the Review Journal about NIL and UNLV, and Andre Agassi is a part of this. There's a group called Friends of UNLV. They're partnering with another group called Blueprint to basically help raise money that ends up being NIL money. For UNLV student athletes, they've raised $150,000 since October, according to the story, and they've distributed just over half of that already to athletes. And I thought this was an interesting quote from Bill Paulus, who is a part of Friends of UNLV. He said, Whether we like it or not, one of the first questions a recruit asks is not how the Mendenhall Center is anymore. It's now, okay, how much did Bryce Hamilton make last year? And I am fascinated about that dynamic and how that's actually playing out in recruiting.
1: Well, I think it probably plays out a lot now with NIL. I think kids come on the pro. I think kids come everywhere and want to know. I know other basketball programs within the Mountain West are asked that question that, you know, they see across the country. Now, again, I will ask bill at seven thirty. I don't know if it has to be a certain type of recruit. I don't know if it has to be a top recruit uh, that you have to deal with on these things. They've, you know, distributed 80,000 to athletes already at, at UNLV. Um, but I, you have to believe at least the top guys are asking this question. If not, not only asking the question, I would think some of the coaches, uh, or some of the recruiting pitches are telling them what they'll make before the question's even asked.
2: So here's the fascinating part about it because Kevin Kruger has, has been asked about this before and his answer has always been, well, coaches aren't allowed to be involved in NIL deals. And, the way the Nevada state law is written, the coaches are technically supposed to like have nothing to do with it. It's supposed to be, oh, yeah, he coaches basketball and the third party comes in and is going to pay the players there. But I am curious how that actually plays out because I we, we know the coaches know. Coaches don't not know how much somebody's getting paid or what NIL deals the players are getting. But I am curious how that dynamic actually does play out because the other part of this is, is UNLV are UNLV players getting a significant amount of money that it matters right like i mean obviously they're not You mean it matters for them with... to commit Well yeah but like we've seen big deals right we've seen Oh huge uh, what, deals
1: Bryce Young in uh, Alabama
2: right? Miami's paying Nigel pack, like $400,000. Right. One of Miami's current basketball players was threatening to transfer because, Hey, that kid's getting a lot more money than me. But obviously, you know, this group has raised $150,000 and this isn't the only way kids can get an IL. They can do it uh, through other third parties, but like, that's clearly nowhere close to what Miami's paying. That's nowhere close to what Oscar sheepway's getting from Kentucky. So I'm I'm curious if if UNLV is recruiting against somebody, and that question gets asked, how much did Bryce Hamilton make last year? Are they able to give a respectable enough answer that it's like, oh, well, I, this this other school in the Big Twelve or whatever that, that I'm clearly going to make way yeah. more than that? I'm I'm curious about that part of it because Mountain West versus Mountain West, I, I haven't seen anything ridiculous from the Mountain West side, right? Like there haven't not been. in terms of NIL. Right. And so like, if you're just recruiting against Mountain West schools, it's, it's probably everybody, well, maybe not the same level, but everybody's on a similar level, right? It's pretty easy to compare there, but if you and LV basketball, which is where they expect to be, and that is in the NCAA tournament competing with power conference teams, top 50 teams, how do you compete with programs that are handing out six figure deals to individual players when you might not be handing out six figures to your entire team?
1: Yeah. I don't know the answer. Hopefully Bill's got some answers for us at 7.30 because he's involved yeah. with this. Um, I do think having Agassi uh, really uh, kind of, you know, the insinuation is more legitimate. Agassiz's done, you know, we know about his prep school. He's done a lot of stuff for kids. Agassiz has a huge, huge reputation, a good reputation, solid one in this town for everything he's done for kids and everything he's done. So I think it's above board when he's involved. I don't think he puts his name on stuff that he doesn't believe it would be. Um, It'd be interesting to talk to Bill. I don't know the answer to those questions. I just I just think that it's it's unrealistic to believe that the recruiting portion of this does not include, hey, we can right. help you out. I just that's right. none that's unrealistic. You can't tell me that and, and, and you have to have an answer for the kid anyway if he asks a question. You yeah, have so to have if the kid comes in and says, What are you gonna do for me? You, you better have an answer.
2: So if one of us asks Kevin Kruger in a press conference or on this radio show, right, hey, something about NIL deal. His answer is going to be, well, you know, coaches aren't involved in that because he's technically not supposed to be. But if you're recruiting a kid and the kid asks about it, that cannot be Kevin Kruger's answer. His answer cannot be, oh, I'm not involved with that. You'll have to figure that out on your own or you'll have to talk to this group that we have because and UNLV has a group set up to help with this. But like, right. Kevin Kruger's got to have a little bit more of a uh, truthful answer, I would think, to the kid, not necessarily to us. Um, I, do, I am curious about this. Do you think, and we could ask Bill this, do you think they tried to raise money to get Donovan Williams or Bryce Hamilton to come back to UNLV this past season?
1: I mean, I think they should have made an effort. Because, I mean,
2: that's what, you look at Oscar Chibwe, who's uh, Kentucky. He was, the, he, he was the unanimous player of the year. Right. He could have gone pro, but he's getting, I think, is it a million dollars? He's getting a million dollars to come back to Kentucky. And there's a level of, okay, like you, you want the, You want to, if you're a basketball player, you want to go pro partially because, Hey, it's the NBA, it's the highest level, but more importantly, because you want to make money playing this sport that you're really good at. And NIL allows in Oscar Mm Sheboy's case for a player to make a lot of money without actually going pro without actually making it in the NBA. And so there's a level of why there's more of a reason for kids to come back because, Oh, I can make a significant amount of money to come back now some people and this might have been donovan williams who just said nope i want to go pro whatever you're paying it's irrelevant i'm just chasing an nba dream i'm sure that exists but there's a level of oh i can make money if i come back to school i'll, I'll, I'll do that because that's the entire goal of trying to make it to the nba anyways is oh i'm trying to make money playing basketball
1: to start for unlv you got to try you got to try to keep up with everyone i mean it's just it's just the reality of the situation now with nil you can't You can't be left behind completely, and you're right. I mean, we'll ask Bill about the comparative to now them and Power Fives, and I'm sure they're trying to raise as much as possible, but this is the reality of the situation. People don't like to hear it, but kids are going to go and get paid places, and if you want to recruit, just like you said, just within the Mountain West, let's say you're battling San Diego State with a kid, what are they giving compared to UNLV? I don't know. I have no idea what the answer to that question is. But it's probably like you said, around the same amount. I can't believe one Mountain West school is giving a kid a million dollars, and others are giving them eighty thousand or whatever yeah. they do. That that's not happening.
2: Um, I do think with Andre Agassi involved with this, UNLV better win a tennis national championship in the future. <laughs> we're we're gonna see UNLV tennis handing out like a hundred thousand dollars to each player. They better they better be in the national title game pretty soon. Let's go. Where's UNLV tennis? Andre at? better right. get over there and give some lessons. Coming up next, Bill Paulus joins
0: the show. It's the Press Box with Grainy and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Plans, say- joining us now, part of Friends of
2: UNLV that we were just talking about is Bill Paulus. Bill, how are you doing this morning? Thanks so much for joining
0: hey, Billy. us. Hey, guys. How are you doing? How's, how's it going today?
2: We're good today. Um, so let's, let's start here. Let's just do simplistic on the whole NIL deal and Friends of UNLV, what you guys are doing there. How does the money actually end up with a UNLV student athlete like What's just the process for them to actually get Nil money?
0: Okay the process is is uh, is very simple and there's a couple of ways. Uh, number one, uh, donations can be made to the various foundations at the university. So in other words, there's a football foundation at the university. there's a soccer foundation, baseball um, and basketball and football. W N I L V, okay, is a governing board over those five foundations when it comes to NIL. Just to make sure that we're all up to date on the various laws and the like, how we operate it, how we run it. Uh, uh, then what we do is is we'll take a money, for instance. The run and gun club for basketball, of which I am the chairman, okay, uh, is we'll take donations from folks, and then what we will do is we will set up appearances at charitable events for our basketball players. Uh, so in other words, they'll go and uh, an umpire a Miracle League game, or they'll get the Miracle League Kids and give them a basketball clinic, or they'll uh, 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 they'll do other charitable events around the city. And we do it for a number of reasons. Number one, the the uh, the the uh, student athletes can make some money, and number two, it also gives them a real good insight into uh, how the world works and uh, how they uh, how they know how to work uh work with charitable organizations and make appearances and do public speaking. So I think it's uh, uh I, I think it, it works very well. Also there are businesses that we are talking to that will hire the student athletes directly, okay, and sign a personal services contract to where the the student athlete will represent Certain businesses, um, for instance, and we'll take an example. Uh, uh, you have uh, you have Jordan McCabe. Jordan McCabe has two hundred and fifty thousand followers. Well, Jordan McCabe travels on uh, Allegiant Airlines, and Jordan McCabe can do all all different types of of uh, 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 social mentoring and, and and social advertising for Allegiant Airlines, and that and they can do that in return. For airline tickets or for actual actual money, that contract, okay, that I may set up, then
1: we lose them. Okay, let's try to get him back. Ideal. Not I ideal. The, that's okay. No, because I thought that a lot of that stuff was really interesting.
2: Right. Well, that's the part that I think has been. Are you still there? I I didn't maybe not. Completely confusing, but just the actual process for how it works. Because again, it's not Kevin Kruger cutting a check. Right. Right. So. Right. right. So it's it's we been. A... We, I
1: think we got him back.
2: Okay. All right. So coming back now, Bill, you got us. I got you
0: now. All right. Okay. Awesome.
2: We lost you. You're right in the middle of Jordan McCabe and Allegiant Airlines, and him able to do basically social media post for either airline tickets or cash.
0: One hundred percent. And once we get that, once that, so if 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 we put that together as a running gun club okay we then go through blueprint sports to do all the contractual work so in other words blueprint will make sure that that contract is completely filled not only by the business paying the student athlete but also to make sure the student athlete is doing exactly what they contracted with the various folks for so so, uh, uh, and, 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 and they then send that on to the compliance department of UNL Day. And they also keep all the accounting records, okay, for the student-athlete. So the student-athlete, we know exactly what the student-athlete makes. We know what their tax might, might be. We help them with that. We can, uh, uh, we can keep 20% on the... Um, uh, uh, on the pay so the student-athlete doesn't have to come up with a big number at the end of the day. And so everything is is absolutely done for the student so the student does not get into any trouble whatsoever.
1: So, Billy, just uh, listening to all that, let me ask you then, uh, it doesn't appear that, let's say recruit x kevin is recruiting recruit x and he's a top 50 player and everybody wants him and i'm a business in town and i want the kid to go to unlv because i'm a booster or because i'm just a fan of the team can i earmark it specifically for that kid can i say i'm going to give you i'm going to give you ten thousand, but somehow it's going to recruit x or does it go in the pool and you guys decide who gets what what
0: goes exactly to the uh, to the student athlete you want Okay, so you get your choice if you'd like it.
2: Okay. Okay. So how how does this play out, I guess, with Kevin Kruger? Because he's not supposed to be involved, right? He's not supposed to be out here saying, oh, here's the NIL deal that you'll sign. So how does it work more specifically with recruiting and kids that are asking, hey, what NIL deals are there for me? Like, how does that work when Kevin Kruger's not supposed to be involved in giving the NIL deals out?
0: Well, it, 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 it works exactly like that. It's the coach's responsibility to have an answer, and that answer would that answer is basically, listen, okay? This is why uh, uh, UNILV was formed. There is a, if you want to see if we're serious about NIL, go look at our website. Look at what we're doing. Look at the budget we're raising for this, that, or, or whatever sport. Okay. Because we're serious about NIL. Can I promise you what you're going to get? No, I can't. And basically that's it. Um, it, it, a, a really quick side note, one of the families who, who, uh, uh, their, their, uh, their son is coming to UNLV for basketball said of all the schools that they went to, and they went to 14, um, of all the schools they went to, UNLV was most compliant under the NIL rules. How,
1: how important is it, because we talked about before you came on, we know what he's done with his prep school, we know his uh, reputation in town, how important was it for you to have someone like Agassiz attached to this?
0: Well, of course, Agassi was attached to the third party, the blueprint. okay? Uh, 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 blueprint Sports. Right. Before, uh, after, we were already formed our running gun, and then we went and sought them out because we thought they were because they were local because Andre was behind them. Uh, we thought it was absolutely the best, uh, uh, the best deal for UNLV and for us. As far as our foundation, I mean, there's a hundred of these companies out
2: there. On, so the the idea of UNLV being most compliant and hearing that from a recruit, have you heard anything from a recruit about, oh, uh, you know, I'd love to come to UNLV, but this other school, there's an NIL deal there that'd be significantly more. Obviously, we've seen, you know, Oscar Chibwe, Kentucky coming back for a million dollars. Miami's got a $400,000 deal for Nigel Pack. Like, have you heard that at all where, oh, Ulv sounds great, but this other school has more
0: money for. Them. Absolutely, when you when you when you when you talk to folks and you 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 know uh, they're 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 negotiating money and they're not negotiating the fact that you know what is your end game. You know, for, for instance, what is your brother's end game? And it's, well, obviously, to go to the N- uh, NBA. I said, then why are you talking about money when you should be asking about your coaches? Can can my coach get my brother better to be to go to the NBA? So uh, right now it's it, it, it's a mix mosh of what's happening. It's going to be very interesting to see how many of these million dollar uh, basketball players or half a million dollar basketball players are actually going to perform as well as they're supposed to.
1: Let me ask you this: um, Can you also use this as an enticement now, Bryce? Bryce announced pretty early, and I don't think he was ever coming back uh, for anything. He wanted to go, and that's, that's fine. He, he, uh, he did a lot for that program. But someone like Donovan Williams, who's on the, who's on the fence, and he goes right up into the last day, can you, you try to use this to entice a kid like that and say, hey, you know, we know you want to be a pro, we know you're chasing a dream, but if you come back, we can do this for you. Or if it looks like he wants to go, do you kind of stay off him and say, you know what, you just got to go chase your dream?
0: No it's, it's absolutely it's 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 in the back of a of a student athlete's mind, okay, that if I come back, I can make money. I can still make money at UNLV, okay, and play basketball. Uh, in both our kids' case, they they just wanted to go. Right. Uh, uh, you know, Bryce has been here for a while and and he has his shot and and uh, from what I'm from what i am understanding uh, uh uh, oh, I forget. His,
1: Donovan his Williams. Name.
0: Donovan. Donovan has absolutely killed it in the tryouts, and and so and Donovan just wants to be a pro. Period. You know. You know. If Donovan could make a hundred thousand dollars here and fifty thousand dollars in the NBA, he'd go to the NBA
2: uh bill this was terrific i think is as, as much information as yep. we've gotten on on nil deals bill Paulus who is with friends of nil u i'll get that right eventually bill we appreciate it thank you so much thanks for billy we
1: appreciate it
0: Not problem. Man. see you later all right take care bye-bye
2: That was fascinating fascinated. there is bill Paulus yeah that was good um i think it's a it's a new part of college basketball and it's one that i mean you can win at, I mean, it's a complete, it's a different level. It's a different type, but it's still competition in terms of you're going up against whether it's San Diego state or whether it's a team in the big 12 for these players, that it's, it's another level of competition that if you, if you're going to be good at college basketball, you better be on it. Right. And especially like you, you combine the new NIL rules with the new transfer portal rules where kids can be eligible right away one time. And it, i mean we've seen it two years in a row with kevin Kruger. there's going to be massive roster turnover every single year for the majority of teams in college basketball and how do you get kids whether it's recruits or transfers this is a big part of yeah. how you get kids to actually come there so it's a it's a fascinating area of competition for college basketball that's uh maybe it's not completely new but it's uh now legally new uh in that regard coming up next We'll jump into some NHL because the Tampa Bay Lightning are going back to the Stanley Cup Final.
0: Headman up the far side for Andre Palat. Leads Kuchov on the right side at center. Across the blue line, right point. In front for Stamkos. Shoot! Saves to Sterkin. Score! Right a pass blocked by Chernak. Bumps it behind it at McDonough. Trying to golf it up the far side. It's blocked. Rebound pop Right corner. One second left. And the Lightning are heading back to the Stanley Cup Final! They beat the Rangers! Two to one! And they win the series in six games! Back to the final, baby! We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff.
2: The Tampa Bay Lightning going to the Stanley Cup for the third time. In the last three seasons, after beating the New York Rangers in sixth, the Lightning have now won 11 straight playoff series, and they are four wins away from three straight titles. Would a Tampa Bay three-peat be the most impressive run in pro sports in like the last two decades? Oh,
1: man, I got to think of all the teams that won, but it's got to be up near the top. Um, like, one was in the bubble, yeah.
2: Yes, yeah. One, one was in the, was the bubble, bubble, came back last year, straight. did it again, and it, now they'd have in...
1: to be near the top of the uh, of that of your question.
2: Like, you, you look at, like, take I mean, the last two decades. There have been some great NBA runs. The, the Lakers Warriors had three Laker? in the early 2000s. Warriors, the Spurs had some really good runs in there. Um, the NFL's really only had the Patriots. They never three-peated. Uh, the NFL's only really had the Patriots as far as a legitimate dynasty-type thing right, right. now. Has baseball had one the since Yankees? the Yankees? But that, the Jeter? that's, you know, late 90s, early 2000s. Have they had anything since that? I mean the giants won what 3 and 5 seasons yeah
1: bochi bochi had 3 he won three that was, rings
2: that was good i mean there have been teams that have made deep runs over i mean the dodgers have done it recently the astros have done it the cardinals like teams have made a lot of runs in a row yeah but
1: not winning but, the championship
2: right but not winning the title and so i i think you look at it and and maybe that that early 2000s lakers teams because they were i think they went they won three straight, and I think they lost a total of three games in the finals in those three years because I think it was a. They beat the Pacers in six, the Sixers in five, and I think they swept the Nets, which they were incredible. So, like, you go back, it's Tampa winning the. If they win the cup this year, it's probably the most impressive three year run that we've seen from any sports team since at least the Lakers.
1: Lakers in the early 2000s. Yeah.
2: Which is. You know incredible to think about and also like I've made this argument before I I think it's harder to do it back to back to back in hockey than the NBA I mean it's hard to get good players in the NBA but once you have prime Shaq and Kobe like yeah it's a lot easier to actually win in hockey you're a lot more susceptible to just losing a series because Igor Shesterkin was the greatest goalie in the on the planet which Igor Shesterkin was very good in that series and Tampa still Found a way to win, so I I think it's going to be a, at least the most impressive thing since the Lakers, and probably more impressive than that. You got to go back to probably Jordan for something that you'd say is more impressive than what Tampa Bay's done. They've
1: won eleven straight playoff series. That's a stupid which is number. absurd. That's, it's, that's it's, ridiculous. It's a ridiculous number, and, and especially since Kucherov's been drunk the entire time. <laughs> so I mean, when you when you when you factor that in, it's absolutely an amazing run.
2: So. Do they have any chance though or are you sticking Yes. I I'm confused because I can't because believe I can't last believe. week last week you you've said two things. You said you think the Avalanche are going to win but also you right. can't pick against Tampa. Yes. So I don't I don't know what exactly you, well, you think I, or what I exactly I give them you
1: a chance only cuz they're Tampa Bay. If it had the Rangers won and gone on, I would have given them no chance and I would have picked Colorado and said they're going to win it. But just this weird team comes up with incredible performances with their goalie uh, when no one thinks they can do it. So who do I think will win? I think the best team will win. But if you're asking me if I, you, you and I are talking about it and we're like falling off chairs because Tampa Bay won, I don't think either of us will be that way. I, I just, I mean, 11 straight playoff series and the way th- three straight finals, I mean, they're not as good as Colorado, but we've seen teams that aren't as good win it all. So I just, I can't, I, if you're asking me to bet my own money, I'm not going to bet my own money, but... I think the best team will probably win.
2: All right, here's a hot take for you. Gerard Gallant's going to get fired next season.
1: Oh, in this weird league, I, I don't even know if that's a hot take. I mean, that's if you don't win it in like a, day, a year or two, they're firing everyone in this league. It's the weirdest league when it comes to coaches who on the outside looking in said, man, that guy did a really good job, and then he's bounced the next day. I've right. never get seen a league like this with when it comes to head coaches.
2: So I think the New York Rangers are going to be one of the biggest regression candidates that in
1: could be true. Yes. All of
2: sports. So this team, they had a 2 0 lead and they blew it in the conference finals, right? they were two wins away from playing for the Stanley cup. But when you look ahead to next year, if you're going by expected goals rate, which is one of the better predictive stats in hockey, probably the best one. They were 24th out of 32 teams in the regular season in expected goals rate. Like, They were not a very good five-on-five team this season. And then in the postseason, of the 16 teams that made the playoffs, they had the worst expected goals rate in the postseason. This team was not very good. Why were they in the conference finals? Why were they in the playoffs? Igor Shosturkin was unbelievable. And if Igor Shosturkin is not unbelievable, the Rangers might not make the playoffs, and they definitely aren't two wins away. From going to the Stanley Cup Final, so if Igor Shosturkin is not the best goalie in hockey next year, the New York Rangers are not going to the postseason, and I think Gerard Gallant's going to get fired halfway through the year because I don't think the Rangers are going to be any good.
1: How can we expect the same thing from such a meatbag? I mean, <laughs> I don't know if we can. Get, we don't, I don't know if we can expect it from such a meatbag. I, I, your stat there, sixteen of sixteen, is amazing that they right. were two up going to the Eastern in the Eastern Conference Finals.
2: Yeah, they probably should be in the. Stanley Cup final, and they were like the worst team at five on five in hockey.